Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, a podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out... What are you trying to figure out, Shelley? My life. Oh, that? Okay. I'd forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> we're, still, we're still working on that. I thought you were just trying to figure out, like, health insurance. That's another thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just check things off the list. Health insurance, my future. Um, <laughs> if, do I want to cut my hair next week? I'm thinking about taking my hair, like, off. Yeah. We should discuss offline. <laughs> you said it was okay. If it made me happy, it makes you happy. <laughs> was I under the influence? Nope. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Nope. You know, it's your hair. You can do whatever you want with it. You know that hairstyle, the pink had or has or whatever mm-hmm. where it's just it's like a it's like a boy hair like a pompadour isn't it i don't know it's like a boy <laughs> haircut but longer on top and she kind of poofs it up you want the poof i might are I you trying to get taller because i'm already shorter than you is <laughs> no, that what's going on no no i want hair that is easier i want hair that is less heavy and less hot and i want hair that looks a little bit badass okay you're badassing it up is, mm-hmm. that what you, is that what you're doing? Is mm-hmm. that what you're up to over there? I was thinking about putting it off for like a year, um, but then a guest that we had, mm-hmm. Carolyn, well, I had brought up the fact that I was thinking about cutting my hair, and Carolyn has a short haircut, and they said, well, do it. What are you waiting on? Do it. There you go. And I was a little bit inspired. I'm like, well, fuck yeah. Haircuts for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Haircuts all around. The last time I had a really short haircut, I was a little traumatized. For whatever reason. Even though I've had really short hair in kind the past. Of, kind of like smashy? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So I was like, mm, I'm just kind of gun shy. It's, it just takes a long time to grow out. I mean, will you still sleep in the same bed with me? I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> you know who will sleep in the same bed with me? Eddie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always. That Ed. He's a yeah, lover. He is. Should we start the show? Oh, that's right. We're recording. Okay. Well, Shelly, we have yet another special guest today. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, let's uh, give I a want little... to announce the patrons. Okay, let's, yeah, let's give it. I was just going to say. I always get so excited. Let's every, give a little shout out to yeah, the patrons. Yeah, every new week I'm like, oh, I hope we get five more. I hope we get five more. And then I'm crossing my fingers. And then when we make the five more, I'm so pumped. because it's I feel a tender like mercy. It is a tender mercy. Or is it a hashtag tender mercy? Uh, anyway, okay. I love it because I'm like, oh, more people to see our stuff and have this little community. And um, it's badass. So. You ready for this? I'm ready. Lay them on me. First new patron number one, Eliza R. Snowden. Oh. And I read the entire thing because I'm pretty sure that this is an alias. <laughs> Are you <laughs> sure? Mary doesn't know this. Eliza R. Snow was, um, quote unquote, Prophet's wife oh, or sister. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, so Eliza R. Snowden, if that's really your name, my bad for just <laughs> throwing you under the bus. But Well, we did meet that guy that one time whose name was really Brigham. Do you remember that guy? Oh, yeah. So but if it's was- possible you could be named after someone that was like a prophet or a prophet's wife in Mormonism. I'm just saying. I mean... Well, let us know, Eliza, if, if we need to backtrack and be like, we were just kidding. That wasn't really her name. She's not really a patron. She doesn't really listen to the podcast. Uh-huh. Too late. Know. Too late. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Sarah E. Sarah, Sarah, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And Eliza, I didn't thank Eliza oh, before Sarah. Sorry. Eliza R. Snowden. Okay. Yep. We got that. <laughs> got that. Sarah E. That's number two. Then Lynn. Lynn is really on the down low because Lynn is just Lynn. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Brenda P. Thank okay. You, Brenda. I think Thank we you. have like three Brendas at this point. Yeah, I think we're collecting the Brendas. Yeah, I love it. I didn't even know a Brenda in real life until I met my good friend Brenda. And then that was the only one I knew. And now there's three Brenda patrons. So you only knew like Brendas of like, you know, television and movie fame or maybe Brenda Starr from the comics. Nope. Didn't know that. <laughs> 
Lastly, Dinah M. Dinah? We have to sing. Oh. Do What's it. that song? Dinah, won't you blow? Isn't that it? <laughs> that's how sexual Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. <laughs> right? Yes, Dinah, Someone's won't you... in the kitchen, I know. I bet whoa, Dinah whoa, is so whoa. sick of that song. I know. I'm Dinah, sorry. Dinah, won't you blow your horn? Sorry, Dinah. You know it was going to happen. Oh, but you know what? On a lesbian note, <laughs> we might go to that Dinah Shore thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the spring. It's okay. in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oof, we got to get planning on that. Jesus. Yeah. Speaking of planning, we we're leaving. Um, well, the day that we're recording right now, we're leaving in less than two weeks for Orlando for Podcast Movement Conference, which is going to be a huge deal. Yeah, we're deal. going to a convention. Kids. Big convention. We're excited about it. We hope to learn more about being um, effective podcasters, ways to grow your podcast, just make it an all-around better experience for us and for you listeners. So we're hoping yeah. to bring back some some valuable tools. I mean, we have been phoning it in and, um, up to this point, and we are going to crush it after <laughs> this conference. We've just been getting lucky. We've just been trying <laughs> shit and hope it works. Yeah, it's like really that. darts on a dartboard at this point. It's <laughs> <This is> true. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, anyway. Oh, you want to talk about One True Trip? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's true. We do need to do all this stuff before we get to our guest. Oh my gosh, so much to do. So One True Trip, I should really pull up the website while I'm talking to you, shouldn't I? So it's right in front of me. But it is a cruise vacation. We are taking in wintertime. Yes. February 2020. I think it's the first through the ninth. Something like that. But we're going to be there. And we're inviting any and all of our friends. Go to our website, latterdaylesbian.org slash cruise. Yes. And get the info. (laughs) We would love for you to cruise with us. We have... What do we have? Shall like reduced pricing. What do you want to call it? We have oh, yeah. special pricing for this cruise mm-hmm. if you sign up with us. And you know what? I'm, I'm throwing this out there. First five, no, no, no. First 10 who sign up, uh-huh. I'm buying you your first drink. <laughs> Boom. Done. First drink on me. Well, you also get to be a guest on the podcast. We're going to bring mics. Of some sort, maybe not. I mean, I guess that's better than one free drink, but okay. <laughs> well, they, they probably cost a lot on cruise ships. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to buy them for the first 10. First 10, it's on me. I'm going to get a new credit card. Oh, yeah. Um, Shiny new credit card. Yeah, yeah. Charge that shit up. Hell yeah. Also, uh, people who sign up through us get some swag. What's the swag, Mary? A uh, towel mm-hmm. and a koozie mm-hmm. and probably a t-shirt. Yep. Yeah. LDL, of course. Well, right. We're not going to just like... Get some random. Here, here's a Nike here's towel. Your, <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless you'd rather have a Royal Caribbean towel. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll be on the Royal We'll bring Caribbean you one from on our bathroom. Cruise. You can have it. <laughs> it's on us. That and a drink. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but anyway, uh, once again, that's latterdaylesbian.org slash cruise. Please join us. That's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. Okay. Now, can we announce our guest? Yes. So everybody's familiar with Naked Mormonism, right? If you are not, you may want to check it out. It's more of a historically accurate take are, on are you saying Mormon we're not? history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're kind of like, you know, stabbing in the dark most of the time. Yeah. We're more about our feels. Yeah, I but, guess. But Naked Mormonism is like, there's super interesting. so much there. Yeah. Yeah. How many seasons did he say? He, say oh God, he he's been doing this for like five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to interview Bryce, and I know you love his last name, Shelley Blankenagle. Yeah, you were talking about wanting to name a kid after him or something. Oh, for sure. Well, that's in the interview. Oh yeah, don't spoil it. It's mm-hmm. almost as if we already recorded it. It is, and we did. <laughs> uh, but he's so fun. I had, I mean, we had Facebook message back and forth. There's kind of a, a community of of people, ex Mormon podcasters that sort of chat from time to time. I had met him. Uh, through Facebook, and we ended up chatting and doing some recordings with each other and you too, Mary, of course. And it's 
awesome. I cannot wait to yeah. meet him in person someday, probably and, next Pride or... Yep. And our patron, Alice, recommended that we chat with mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She set that up yeah. for us. Thank, Thank you, Alice. You. Thank you so much. Yep. That was a really good connection. Love that. When do I get to do Q music? Anytime. Okay, here we go. Q music. Hello, 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 hello. We welcome you today. Hello, hello. <laughs> so, little, a uh, little bit gory ending to that the song today. <laughs> I was so entertained. So here we are today sitting on the couch. I'm working on some business things. Mary's working on some podcasting things. And she's just giggling next to me. I'm like, what's going on? And so she starts playing these sound clips that she's going through to choose for. They're called sound effects. Sorry, the sound effects. For the hello <laughs> song. And she's trying to find sounds of chainsaws and children screaming. <laughs> trying to line them and up. And a bone crunch and, and a, a splat. B- bone crunch and a splat. <laughs> See like, if you can detect all how that. How do you feel when you search bone crunch? Crunch sound. Crunch. Crunch. Sorry. I see I could never do this. But she's just giggling and having a great time. Like, you gotta hear this. You gotta hear this. So Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun stuff. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Uh yeah, we're gonna try to mix that up for you every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get ideas for ways that the children's choir can die. <laughs> let yeah, us for know. ways to shut that song up. Well, you send them in. We will we will shut yeah, that I guess song up. It's a little violent one now that I'm thinking about it. But you know, they're not real. <laughs> You've got these children singing the hello song, which is like the happy, but you annoying song. Want to punch them in the face. They're yeah, but so not happy. with a chainsaw. <laughs> and, well, maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, today I did. Evidently. Okay. No, no, no. I'm kidding. CPS, don't take my children. <laughs> well, they're over at their dad's house. So. <laughs> yeah. You won't find them here until tonight. They're coming well, tonight. They are coming to spend the night, and there are no chainsaws on None. the property. So None. I think we're going to be safe. And yeah. we're going to go see Lion King. How, yeah. how violent can that be? I mean, well, people, not people, some animals pass away. Are you spoiling it for me? Like they haven't seen the original, (laughs) unless they completely change it. I don't know. Circle of life, baby. Are we getting off topic here? Uh, Maybe a little bit. So let's get back on topic, shall we? I'm on it. And welcome Bryce from Naked Mormonism. This is really exciting. It is exciting. Bryce is one of the uh, smartest, most badass ex-Mormons I've ever known. Okay, um, beginning with the lying really early on. We're setting the tone. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so everyone, welcome Bryce. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know, naked Mormonism is super handy because we fuck everything up all the time <laughs> when it comes to like dates or who said what, even though we have a he said what segment. I'm like, it's either 1873 or, or, or was it 1841. <laughs> uh, it was either, I, yeah, I suck at this. And Can I share with you, too, my favorite segment ever throughout the entire backlog of Latter-day Lesbian? Please sure, do. Yeah. It was the fun pod of Adam on Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I was howling with laughter that whole segment. It was so good. So hilarious. Uh, that was, that's all. That's all. It, I just enjoyed it so very much. It, it created a burning in my bosom and I felt Absolutely. so happy. Oh, yeah. And, and you everything might is get good. That checked out that burning <laughs> that, bosom. That was definitely one of our favorites, not knowing how funny it was going to be going in. And then just, we just realized how ridiculous it is. And Mary couldn't control her laughter. This is again the, the never mo hearing about Jesus going to back to Adam on Diamond, which yeah. is in Missouri, to hang out with Adam. It's. I also found out that Mormons serve water at sacrament. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's right. What yeah. the hell? That? I know. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is crying about that right that's now. That's so sure. cheap. I know. They're Way cheap. Cheap. Oh, alcohol Mormons is like, cheap. 
Yeah, ixnay on the alcohol, eh? Well, mm-hmm. can't I've, have that. I've been to lots of different churches who don't serve alcohol. They serve grape juice. Mormons are too cheap. They have more <laughs> money than God, but will tap not water. serve grape juice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Unfiltered people- tap water because filters are too expensive. <laughs> oh, for sure. They, like, come straight up from, from the bathroom sink. And you got to bring your own bread. Like, there's not a, a bread stack paid for by the church. They ask the no. deacons to bring their bread. It's a Mormon's version of BYOB, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary, you're on one. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but this is about you, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, tell us um, why people should check out your show who've never listened to Naked Mormonism. Right. Mormon history is fucking wackadoodle. It is, <laughs> it is crazy pants on fire and so much fun. So a lot of ex-Mormons have read the CES letter, Letter from My Wife, and various like popular Mormon history stuff and watched YouTube videos and, you know— it's so much fun talking about the different first vision accounts, the, you know, the gold plates, talking about the book of Abraham and the kinderhook plates. And there's a lot of fun in Mormon history, but I found the more that I studied it, the more I could only see it as fractal bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like the closer you zoom in on it, the crazier you realize it is, right? So it's like Joseph Smith translated the book of Mormon from the gold plates. You look at it closer, you're like, wait, he didn't actually use the gold plates. He used a rock and a hat. Mm. You look at it closer, <laughs> it's like the rock that he found was actually while he was treasure digging that he used another rock in another hat to find while he was treasure digging. Then you look at it deeper, it's like, oh, he actually stole this magic stone from one of his neighbors who was also a treasure Like, the <laughs> further you zoom in on each individual aspect of Mormon history, the more fucking crazy it gets. Mm-hmm. And... I was always looking for a resource that would put it all into context, that it's, you know, serialized. I can understand it from the birth of Joseph Smith all the way through so I can know what the context is for the different First Vision accounts, for the Book of Abraham, when these things came out relative to other things that were going on in the church. And I couldn't find that resource. I couldn't find that podcast. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to make it. Yeah. And Naked Mormonism was born. That's awesome. Question, do you have an episode that has to do with Adam on Diamond? I spend quite a bit of time on Adam on Diamond because Sweet. not only is it, you know, where the Garden of Eden was or where they where Adam and Eve were cast out to once they left the, the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. but it was also one of the twin cities that were the strongholds for the Mormon military complex in Missouri for the Missouri Mormon War in 1838. And there was was a bishop storehouse there where they robbed a Missouri militia caravan of arms and stole all of the guns in a cannon and transported them to Adam on Diamon, all at the direction of Joseph Smith. So there's there's wow. quite a bit about Adam on Diamond wow. there. Wow. You see, amazing. you see, listeners, this is some good shit on naked Mormonism. This is like <laughs> when you're tired of, of of Mary and I just bungling through and getting it all wrong. Like, or not just when you're tired, just like hand in hand, side by side, listen to naked Mormonism because you'll get the real shit and the real deep shit. I'm afraid if I listen to naked Mormonism too much. Like, <laughs> blow my mind, blow my mind about how, because I think it's wacky and I know like a third maybe of what you know, probably a tenth. But yeah, super, super interesting sounds like. The problem that I have is I didn't spend my life in the church. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you uh, the content and the differences of the first vision accounts. I can tell you a fair amount about Helen Mark Kimball, 
But when it comes to like modern reference, modern cultural references and uh, deeper stuff that you only learn about in like, you know, gospel doctrine class or relief society, mm-hmm. uh, that totally slips right over my head. So there's this deficit, you know, I left with the church when I was 17. So there's a lot of the cultural stuff that I never picked up on. I never went on a mission. I never had kids in the church. And it, like that, uh, I I don't understand what that's like. So it's really helpful for me to listen to Latter-day Lesbians so that I can get that level of knowledge as well. And maybe listeners will find benefit in listening to both. I think in so. I, Absolutely. I, I think hand in hand. I think we are at this point sealed for eternity um, <laughs> oh, oh, under, so under the, the new and everlasting covenant. It's true because it's, it's Bryce is a dude and we are women. It's oh, the, yeah. It's, he could have both of us. He could. Yeah. He could. And you know what? Honestly— for lesbians, there is no better institution than Mormon polygamy, right? Right, Because right? the husband's got like 15 <laughs> wives. He doesn't spend any time with them. Yeah. They're just living in a house together, raising all the kids. Like, it's great. Yeah. Although I like drinking. So there's, that's true. That's the problem. You know, if, and if, if you and I were problem. sister wives, we would sneak off and like touch each other's boobs and steal alcohol <laughs> and get drunk. No one would need to know because then we'd be like leading the music next Sunday in church and it would no one would know. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, Bryce, because you had limited time in the church, and congratulations on that, by the way, did you ever have anyone read to you the pamphlet for young men only about the little factory? I never read that until after I left the church when (laughs) I did a Dancing on Packer's Grave episode when he died. (laughs) And I read that talk through on the air. Oh, my God. So when you read it through, was that the first time reading it? Because when we talked about it, it was my first time reading it. And it was like that embarrassing laughter when you first hear about erections or periods. (laughs) Like, like it was that bad. I laughed to keep from crying. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah. It was like that one is insane. The mantle is greater than the intellect is another insane one. Like Packer is responsible for so much horrendous shit in the church, but he did leave behind a couple of gems. Mm. But yeah, like reading through that talk was the same for me, the way of watching the temple videos, because I didn't go through it in Temple Garb. I watched it on YouTube. Thanks, you know, courtesy of New Name Noah, right? Uh, Yeah, thank you, New Name Noah, for getting that crazy shit out there for people to see. Did did you put on, like, some white clothing when you were going to sit down on your couch and watch it, though, out of respect? (laughs) I only wear white clothing. I'm I'm so fair and delightsome. I was already (laughs) naked, actually. That's how fair and delightsome. (laughs) Wait, wait, Um, naked, but with the ugly green apron, though, right? I mean, you have to have the apron. (laughs) Exactly. You can't be, you know, immodest in my own home. It's like Uh, the color of our green screen. I'm, I'm showing Mary this is the green screen there. What's with the green apron, you guys? It's, what is it's, that? It's uh, for our, our priesthood and some dumb shit. Satan wears it for, or Lucifer wears it first, and then and, you have to put it on in the oh. temple. I yeah. still so haven't Lucifer made Lucifer wears it, but then you get to wear it? I'm confused. Yeah, it doesn't make we sense. We need to do a temple okay. episode. All right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Mary, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for when you're watching the <laughs> temple video. Oh, my God. That'd be the best. Uh, yeah. But watching through, like, I was hysterical. Like hysterically laugh, like maniacally laughing because I realized I almost went through this and believed it. Like I was almost brainwashed into this. I dodged a big fucking bullet with not going through this temple ceremony. Um, And same thing with the Packer talk. Like you have to laugh at it because it's so fucking mind bending. Oh yeah. Like there's so many, there's millions of people who like, this is truth for them. Wow. So uh, 
Completely. And it always blows my mind now that I'm out realizing that all of my family is still in. They still go to the temple and do this stupid shit. I, I just want to yeah. like scream. So yeah. so let me ask you, because our, our podcast, we talk a lot about feelings and experiences, um, less about history because I can never get any numbers or names right. Um, <laughs> so what would you say would be the turning point for you when you decided, I am not going to do this Mormon shit anymore? Was there one thing, one feeling, you know, what, what would you put put your finger on for just the biggest catapult catalyst to get you out. Um, I wish it were a catapult that I just got launched (laughs) out of the church. Um, Uh No, honestly, for me, I didn't have ideological or theological issues with the church. I was just a teenager who didn't like going to church. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky because I have one older sister. She left a couple of years before I did because she's a lot stronger willed than I ever will be. And she had the fights with my parents that I never had to have. Mm -hmm. So when I'm 16, 17 years old and tell my parents, I don't want to go to church anymore. They just said, okay, that's fine. Wow. I seriously, I say this all the time. I am one of the luckiest ex-Mormons out there because my parents have been so very understanding about this. Now they know that I make Mormon, well, anti-Mormon podcasts and they're very (laughs) supportive that I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. They're right. not supportive of what I'm doing, but they're right. supportive that I'm doing it. That's fantastic. That's um, awesome. I just actually had the same experience. I sent my mom and dad a letter from one of our listeners because I wanted them to see the good that I'm doing because I know they think that I'm just being hateful. Yeah. And so I sent them the letter, and it was a great letter about someone feeling comforted and they were suicidal and this podcast helped. I don't know, just just that it was doing somebody some good. And they called me later and they said, look, we always knew you had a really good heart. You keep on helping people. Well, that's wow. nice. So it's great. I mean, they would never actually say we are glad you're doing an anti-Mormon podcast, but right, right, they right. have said you've always had a, a big heart. So that's a huge step and good for your yeah. parents for not being like, if it's anti, then it's evil. Like, good for them. Yeah. yeah. When my parents are supportive that I'm doing something instead of of what I'm doing, they say, like, you have such creative ability. Why don't you use it to build up something good instead of taking down something good? And my only response is, you see a different version of the church than I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah. see the lives that the church ruins. I see how much damage and trauma is caused by this institution. And I see a multi-billion dollar international corporation that is tax-free, taking shadow money from God knows where, and it has absolutely no accountability or transparency. And I see it constantly covering up sexual abuse within the ranks because it's a boys club. I believe that it is a horrible, corrupt institution, and I couldn't rest at night knowing that this is existing without doing something to try and reduce the harm that it's doing. Yeah, good for you. That's uh, Because I'm sure that our parents don't view it like we do, obviously, otherwise they would leave. So they think we're attacking something good. Right, gospel's perfect. Yeah, and then in the letter that I sent them, it was from someone who was very damaged, and she talked about why she was damaged and how, and I hope hopefully that kind of shook them a little bit to think, oh, yeah, there are some problems. I don't want to hear about it, but, you know, glad that our daughter is trying to help people. So good for you for being able to just tell your parents, like, hey, this is what's up. When you said that, and when your mom's response to uh, how she's saying that, why would, you know, couldn't you just use your talents to build something up instead of to tear something down? I was going to say, you're building up the world by tearing down this evil institution. I think it's very positive yeah. what you're doing. I agree. I, I agree. But once again, like, 
the gospel is perfect, right? So anybody who is trying to attack the gospel, they are the enemy. They're the adversary. And like, Shelly, you understand this. Like, I commend you on having the ability to send that listener mail to your parents and get a response from them. Because yeah. when I've tried to do that with my parents, it's stonewall. There's nothing. When I, you know, send them a video of a presentation that I've given for, you know, uh, for Sunstone or for an ex-Mormon group, yeah, uh, nothing. I get nothing back. So it's amazing that your parents will actually engage and respond uh, yeah. when you send them that stuff. I don't know if they would respond if I sent something that was necessarily um, me talking shit about the church. They probably would not. The letter itself, it was less anti-Mormon, but more of like, this is how Mormonism has hurt me. So maybe that's Mm -hmm. why it kind of hit their heartstrings instead of, fuck the church, the church is a lie, you know? Right, Because it seems like as soon as you have any kind of feel of of attacking the church, they just stop listening because they're taught. It's, you know. Exactly. So weird. And when you say the gospel is perfect, I know you mean... Well, I guess the Bible too, but you're you're talking about the Book of Mormon, which to me, I don't like look at it as the gospel. I look at it as some words jotted down by a charlatan. Well, when they say <laughs> when they when they say the the gospel is true, they're they're talking about the Mormon gospel. That doesn't mean yeah. Christianity yeah. as a whole. It only means Mormonism, and that's the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Well, that's the Book of Mormon, and it's everything. It's everything. Right? Yeah, it's what it's yeah. whatever Salt Lake says. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I could tell you what it is, but it's changed over time. So it's whatever currently they say. Wow. It it is now more perfect than it was perfect yesterday. That's right. Totally. That's right. (laughs) Um, I'm starting to think it's all fake, you guys. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Well, is there anything else you want to share with us, Bryce, about your podcast? Do you have any favorites that you've done? Was there anything that you uncovered that really super blew your mind? Um, have you had moments when you're like, oh, this is too hard. I want, I don't, I want to quit. I mean, give us some of that. I mean, you've been doing this for how many years now? Uh, November's uh, year number five. Wow. Yeah. From November 2014. Yeah. That's amazing. I've learned a lot as I've gone through Mormon history. And what I have found that's most interesting about this is that Mormon history specifically is a very vibrant and exciting community to be a part of because mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time on you know ex-mormon facebook groups subreddit and and there's there's a certain level of toxicity that bleeds over from the the believing mindset into sure. these communities and i find that uh the academic institution of mormon history is full of a lot of really interesting people who Mm -hmm. want to engage in deep Mormon history conversations. And it's pretty rare that those conversations actually include a believing aspect. It's about names, dates, what happened, ways to interpret documentary evidence. Gotcha. Much more than it's ever about, like, this is the church, this is the true church, you need to believe this way, um, or this is not the true church, you should not believe this. Those conversations rarely happen in the field of Mormon history. Gotcha. See, I I always was afraid that, um, that anyone talking Mormon history is a true believing Mormon and they're going to tell you why it's true. And so I've kind of steered clear from that. But from what I'm hearing from you, and tell me if I'm wrong, is a lot of these Mormon, in quotes, historians, they may not necessarily be all in. Like they they uncover a lot of the shit. Is that right? Absolutely. And there's the agreed upon narrative or the the broadly understood narrative of early Mormon history and there, you know, there's some play and wiggle room within that narrative, but by and large, 
historians across the field agree on that narrative. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's That narrative is not what most people understand in the church and out of the church. The ex-Mormon narrative of Mormon history is so woefully lacking in context and the richness that puts all of these single facts into context of the existence of the different first visions and so on and so mm, forth. Gotcha. Uh, the context is interesting and rich, and there, like, there are historical societies that meet that are, you know— 15 people travel from across the globe to meet at one location annually because that's all the larger that this, you know, this annual history society is. Right. But Mormon history is thousands of people meeting every year in different locations all across the globe because it's so vibrant and it's exciting and it's interesting. And, you know, just the well-known biographies of Rough Stone Rolling and No Man Knows My History, that's just the very, very, you know, crystalline tip of the iceberg because there's so much more gotcha. that's so much more interesting than just what those biographies reveal. Wow. And you know what? All it takes is just, you know, you just take a step over the rabbit hole and then you get sucked into the black <laughs> hole that actually exists at the center of it. It's it's I'm so sure. much fun. I'm and sure. as for what I've uncovered that I think is most interesting in it, um, currently my own research is studying the possibility and the influence of psychedelics in early Mormonism. See? So they were cool. They were cool people. <laughs> they, they were super cool. Joe was just, I mean, he didn't manufacture the vision. He had a vision. He had a oh, bunch of Oh, he saw visions. some shit. <laughs> sure did. Those mushrooms were good. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. And what what um what episode numbers are you covering with uh with this? Or are you just working on that now? Uh, it's, it's, uh, an academic paper that's going in the Journal of Psychedelic Studies that's, Whoa, that's, uh, that'll be coming cool. out, uh, probably early next year. Okay. And um, there are episodes, if you search in the Naked Mormonism backlog for Smith hyphen entheogen theory, entheogen, okay. um, that's, that's the technical term for chemicals and substances, as well as practices like meditation and, uh, hypnosis and various things that can generate a theophany in the mind of the the person who's engaging in the practices. Wow. Uh, if you search for that, uh, you should be able to find the presentations and the various episodes that I've done on it. Uh, but it's a really fun topic, and you'd be surprised. Uh, you know, at, at face value, you're like, yeah, they were using drugs, whatever. Uh, it holds a lot of explanatory power when you're studying early Mormon history, because uh, mm. I just stumbled on it. I was mm -hmm. studying the Kirtland dedication, no, the Kirtland Temple dedication ceremony. Right. And reading the accounts of it, I'm like, these guys sound high as fuck. <laughs> 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 and then that I that kind of began this study. And it's like, oh, well, there's actually something to this. They were high as fuck. That's yeah. what yeah. I was doing. <laughs> well, when you talk about records of early Mormons like running out in the middle of winter and thrashing around and naked or something. Am I misquoting that? Yeah, that's right. That yeah. and seeing angels and rushing mighty winds and people thought that the temple was on fire. People chasing like balls of light that are floating through the sky. People <laughs> seeing like manuscripts appear in front of them floating in the air. Like just wacky shit. I'll wacky, have what wacky she's shit. having. Yeah, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Well, uh, make, make, make that a sacrament double. great again. <laughs> yes, make sacrament great again. That's People always ask, what would it take to for you to go back to church? Well, there you go. Make sacrament there great you go. again. See? I'll be in the front row, it can bitches. Be done. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, well, this has been fantastic. And we have actually promised each other that we would be at next year's Sunstone Conference in Salt Lake. And so it's a date. Um, 
it's a date. Let's We're looking it. forward to meeting you in real life and hugging. I can't wait. Yeah, this you've definitely turned on my interest in these more historical Mormony shit things because it's fascinating. Mormony shit. Mormony shit. There I go, sounding all historical. <laughs> yeah, that's. I want to learn some term. Mormony shit, bitches. What you got? <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, it seems obvious if someone wants to listen to Naked Mormonism, they just look that up on their favorite podcast app. Is there any other way you want to tell people to get in touch? Yeah, um, I also do my Book of Mormon podcast and Glassbox podcast, reading through the uh, the Revelations, uh, the Doctrine and Covenants, and uh, doing Mormon headlines, respectively. Um, and Facebook and Twitter, Naked Mormonism, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Or NakedMormonism at gmail.com. You know, whatever. Whatever. That's that. There's plenty of ways to find me. Google me. <laughs> and if you can't, Bryce Blankenagle, I'm the only one of those on the planet. You should be able to find me. <laughs> I feel like I want to have another child, and I want him to name him Bryce Blankenagle Johnson. Or I feel like Ma- that would be Moriantimer. like one of the keys. Like if I murder your child, then that grants me immortality. Then hundred percent. Yeah, wow. I think I saw that movie once too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the ex-Mormon Voldemort. I can't wait. Yes. Oh, nice. Uh, All right, on. Bryce, you sound really busy of a lot of projects. That's awesome. Good Always. For you. Yeah, how do Always. you keep up yep. with it all? Yep. Um, this is my job. <laughs> okay. There, there you go. You go. <laughs> Love it. Great. Well, awesome. super nice having you on the show. Nice chatting with you. We will be listening more frequently to your podcast. And, and we will have a date in Utah next year. Yeah, be prepared, yes. Latter-day I Lesbian listeners, because I'm going to brush up on all my Mormony shit, Uh-oh. and I'm not going to make a fool of myself anymore. I'm going to know this shit. <laughs> well, we also have a fact checker that's going to be a regular uh, contributor. That's true. Fact check Fanny. She yeah. Can keep I her busy. Sister mm-hmm. Fanny fact Sister check. Sister Fanny fact. I, I keep saying her. I yeah. keep changing her name. A little dyslexia. Thinking it's like through the British terminology of Fanny, that's basically <laughs> the best name in the world. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thanks for having me yeah. on. And I can't wait to see you at Sunstone next yeah. year. This is going to be a lot of It'll fun. Be awesome. yeah. Looking thanks forward so to much. doing uh, more things with you in the future. That sounds good. Likewise. All right. All right. Let's let Bryce go. Thank you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> thanks so much, Bryce. Bye. Thanks. So how fun was that? Um, way fun. Love that guy. And I love that we uh, got to talk about Sister Fanny fact check there yeah. at the end because we are about to debut her segment. Is it happening now? It's happening oh right my God, now. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so Sister Fanny uh, helps us out because mm-hmm. we are, you know, not so great at um, history. We are no Bryce Blankenagles. No. We, we are not. That's a mouthful. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. but no, that does not define either of us. We need help, Yeah, Shelley. so she helps us out when we are Fuck stumbling. There, I was going to be a little kinder to us, but that's basically what it is. But when we were doing our one of our Trek episodes, I had said, when did Pioneer Day, like, when did they start even celebrating yeah, Pioneer you, Day? You wanted, to, you wanted more information about yeah. Pioneer Day. And Sister Fanny Fact Check was on it. Yeah, she came through with the info. And uh, so now, without further ado, here we go. And now we turn the time over to Sister Fanny Fact Check. Thank you, fucker ban, or brother ban. Utah Mormons have been partying from very early after becoming Utah Mormons. But not actually partying with alcohol, because that's bad. So they just get drunk on being so damn smug you could slap them all silly. They began celebrating the July 24th anniversary of their arrival in the Salt Lake Valley as early as 1849, just two years after Brother Brigham told them to stop walking and walking and walking like that shit song says. 
they all felt thankful unto the Lord for preserving them through their hellish trials endured through walking across the Great Plains so they could have some more hellish trials camping in the godforsaken Salt Lake Valley for a few years till they could die of dysentery. So naturally, they partied. The new government, named Brigham Young, encouraged the anniversary party because of course he did. We think he saw it as a good time to meet women who couldn't run away from him because they'd lost their feet to frostbite, and then marry them. In the 1920s, they changed the name of the celebration and tried to make believe that it's about Utah as a state in the USA instead of about Mormons. But that's all a load of crap now, isn't it, sisters? Yup. In our day, Pioneer Day is celebrated mostly in Salt Lake City and in missions all over the world where 18 to 20-year-olds are homesick and imposing their culture on the people they teach. You know, that sister Fanny, she has the facts, doesn't she? <laughs> she sure checks them. <laughs> she sure, sister Fanny fact check sure does check those facts. Yeah, you know, she may have been a Relief Society dropout, but she is okay in my book. I'd say so. Yeah, she's but- like a sister from another mister. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. For sure. For sure. <laughs> okay, let's move on from that, shall Okay, we? so... I think it's time to pay some bills. Take a break. Come okay. right back. And I have a kick-ass foom pod that I really? promise you will not get. So not kick-ass, in other words. Huh. Kick-ass, kick-ass for me. For one of us. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I mean, let's yeah. Take a break. We'll be right back. All righty. We are back. We're back. With uh, the a horror pod that is foom pod. Okay. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Today's Foom Pod was sent in by a listener by the name of Stephen C.R. Clever Stephen C.R. Mm. is going to stump you. You ready for this? No. <laughs> Lay it on Mary. Me. Yes, The Shelley. fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is mm-hmm. anti-Nephi-Lehi's. Go. Anti-Nephi-Lehi's. hmm So I know that Nephi's... Nephites or whatever, Lehi's. What? What? <laughs> These are in Book of Mormon sure you know this? names. Okay, great. Man, yeah, we've that got was enough. hard. <laughs> oh, the sarcasm coming You're from across the You're not getting a ding, ding, ding for that. <laughs> Those are Book of Mormon names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe the anti-Nephi-Lehi's are, are like people who have strayed away from the true church. Nope. <laughs> not even in the ballpark. I mean, like the opposite of the ballpark. So not necessarily so at the ballpark, out. but you're you're opposite of the ballpark. <laughs> so, huh? They're in the church. They're the steadfast stalwart types that are anti Lehi and Nephi. I don't know. <laughs> they're anti fake names that don't exist. That so is, they're truth that is seekers. Correct, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know. All right, check this out. I'm checking. I was just going to read the Wikipedia definition, but as I read that, I thought, no, this isn't quite enough. All right. And so I started searching on the internets, the mm-hmm. World Wide Webs, and I went down a rabbit hole. As you do. <laughs> as you do. And so what I found and how I'm going to explain to you this definition is I found a, a website that has lessons to teach children. Oh, this ought to be a treat. LDS children, yeah. So I want you to imagine, Mary, that you are roughly, an, let's say, nine-year-old girl, okay? Okay. And I'm not going to do the whole damn thing, but I will skim and hit the highlights. First, what I'm going to do as the teacher, I'm going to get my things all prepared. I've got word strips. Mormons love their fucking word strips. What are word strips? <gasps> like Kind of like flashcards, only smaller. 
Sure. Yeah. 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 Yes. So we'll smaller flashcards. Small strip-shaped flashcards <laughs> on strip cheap paper. <laughs> okay, but here's the fun part. This is also what I need to, to uh, teach this lesson. A shallow dish, two disposable plastic or styrofoam cups, fill one cup with water and put it in the freezer. A small Tupperware container of water, tongs, one plastic spoon per child, enough ice cubes to half fill a gallon-sized Ziploc bag, a small ice chest, a third cup of rock salt, a gallon-sized Ziploc bag, and a sandwich-sized Ziploc bag filled with the following ice cream ingredients. <laughs> one cup, half and half, two tablespoons of sugar, half teaspoon vanilla. Squeeze the air out of the bag before sealing it. Put the ice cubes, frozen water, and ice cream ingredients into the ice chest to keep them cold. You didn't tell me this was going to be like craft and recipe I'm not doing all that shit. I'm just saying this is what they want the teacher to do. So here's my first attention story. Imagine that I'm telling this to a big group of kids. There were once two girls who promised their mother they would wash the family dog. Their mother promised that if they would do that chore, she would take them swimming. Not on Sunday, though. No, no, because Satan controls the waters. We know this. (laughs) Just clarifying. Even though Jesus walked on the water. Not on Sunday. Oh, that's true. It's probably like a Saturday afternoon. Although Sabbath was, I think, a Saturday. It must have been like a Wednesday at around (laughs) 2. That's what it was. (laughs) All right. Washing the dog was a harder task than either of the children expected. It was a messy, dirty job, and the dog did not want to be washed. The dog would squirm away as they were trying to wash it, and then it would roll in the dirt and get dirty again. Was the dog named Eddie? It could have been. That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Eddie's asleep in the corner. Oh, that's nice. Well, we're not trying to bathe him right now. We're not, which is why he's sleeping. Okay. In frustration, one of the children stopped working and would not help anymore. The other child continued to try and finish the task. She eventually figured out a way to keep the dog contained so it could not get away. She was able to finish washing and drying the dog, even though it was a difficult job. What does this have to do with a styrofoam cup full of ice ice we're We're getting there. So when the task of washing the dog got difficult, how did each child respond? Of course, the answer is one gave up and didn't finish the task, and the other kept her promise oh. and finished the task. Are, we, are, are you already starting to like feel how the guilt is going to come, the guilt and the shame? The other girl kept her promise. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, it's activity time. Ready? Mm-hmm. Pour water into the empty plastic cup and then put the cup in the shallow dish. Explain to the children that the cup of water represents someone who is not firm in keeping their promises. <laughs> and when pressure or difficulty arises, their resolve to keep the commitment breaks. Ooh. Demonstrate this by applying pressure to the container with your hands. So I'm now I'm, I'm crushing a styrofoam cup, cup full, of water. full of water and making this mess into the dish. Now, show the children the cup of ice. Tell them it represents someone who is firm in keeping their commitments regardless of difficulty or pressure. Squeeze the cup. It should be firm and unyielding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Remind the children. So Mary, promises should not be made lightly. What happens if we don't? keep our word, and are not dependable, we may lose the trust of others. The girl who did not help wash the dog was not trusted to complete certain future tasks without supervision, but the girl who kept her promise was allowed more freedom and trust. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that great how you just like divide the kids up? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. So you got frustrated and stopped washing the dog, so you suck. I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And then Goody Two Shoes, who figured it out and got the dog washed, is now you get more freedom and more fun. Like, what about the what, what about the girl who quit? Like, like had serious anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, I I don't know what to do and quit. Wouldn't it be better instead of punching? Say. Man, that must have been rough. I bet that dog was freaking out. Or how about the adult says, hey, why don't I help you wash this dog? Why don't There's we do it an together? Idea. Let's do it together. It'll be oh, fun. It's because Mormons suck. <laughs> well, and the other thing is these kids are now later going, you're like teacher's pet, teacher's yep. pet. You know what I mean? Because yep. the one did it Absolutely. just exactly right and Absolutely. the other one sucked. Nice so, shame lesson. And uh-huh. I hate comparing, by the oh, way. Oh, all the lessons are shame. It uh-huh. gets so much shameful. 
more shameful as we go. Okay. Uh, Mary, if we do not keep our promises, we also do not get the promised benefits agreed upon in any two-way promises. Ooh, what are the promised benefits? Well, the girl that did not help wash the dog was not allowed to go swimming that day. Wow. That mom's a bitch. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here comes like the heavy guilt. What is a two-way promise called that is made between us and Heavenly Father? Oh, Lord. A covenant. So now we're talking about promises with God. And Mm -hmm. now remember, one girl didn't get shit because she she couldn't complete the task. Yeah. (laughs) We make covenants with Heavenly Father when we are baptized. If we keep our covenants, we can gain the promised rewards, including the greatest reward of all, the gift of eternal life. Those who are given eternal life have great freedom and power, but only those who can be trusted to do the right thing (laughs) are given that freedom and power. Ouch. Sucks for that kid. Yeah. (laughs) So any of those nine-year-old kids that are sitting in class right now, and they're like, I didn't wash my dog. Yeah, like, oh, I told, I lied. I told my mom I brushed my teeth, and I didn't, which every damn kid does, Mm -hmm. says that and lies. And now they're like, oh, God hates me. Is this still being taught? That's what I want to know. No, no one learns. They're just shamed. They're they're taught fear. Oh, is this still yeah, being taught? Yeah, this, this is like from 2016. This oh, okay. Is not, this is not— It's pretty uh, recent. Yeah, this gotcha. isn't like Spencer W. Kimball. Oof. Okay. In today's lesson, we will learn about a group of people who were firm in keeping their covenants, even in the face of great difficulty and adversity. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about the foom pod. This is, this is the foom pod. This is the teaching <laughs> we're moment. We're getting to it. We're getting to it. This is a long-ass teaching moment of the foom pod. <laughs> Okay, I'm I feel going to equally shamed and educated right now. Do you? Yeah. Shamed and educated. Thank you. Educationally Thank shamed. Thank you. Shamefully educated. <laughs> Shamefully educated. As long as we get the shame, that's all we need. Okay. Shame you into being good. Glad you're uh, really uh, promoting the shame mm-hmm. part of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a story I tell now. Because of the efforts of the sons of Mosiah, you don't know these people. These are fake people. I know. Just you know, go with me. I'm starting to think this is all fake. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the names were like Bob and Willie, and then it wouldn't be so weird. <laughs> well, and then everybody would be like, oh, well, Joseph Smith clearly made that up. Yeah, but because true. he's like coming up with like Nephi. Mosiah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because of the efforts of the sons of Mosiah, many Lamanites had been converted to the gospel. So Lamanites were typically Fake. bad guys, and now they've been con- converted to the good side. The king of the Lamanites and all those who were converted had changed their nature. They were a new people and did not want to be called Lamanites anymore. Like, they didn't want the bad name of being Lamanites because they were good now. That's because Joseph Smith made your title up. Can you imagine how fun it must have been to be Joseph Smith and be oh, like, yeah, okay, I got to brainstorm some crazy-ass names. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. He was like uh, the J.K. Rowling of his day. Right? <laughs> he was. God, you're so right. <laughs> no. if, they, if Joseph Smith would have written the Book of Mormon in like a more fun mm-hmm. way instead of like the, and it came to pass, and it came to, he could have been mm-hmm. rich. Steady. Well, he got he, his ass murdered. Oh, that's true. He, he really probably never benefited like Brigham Young did from no, the church. No, Okay. Mm-mm. He got killed first. Whoopsie. Okay. They wanted to be called by a new name. So the king consulted with Aaron and many of their priests, and they chose a new name to call themselves. So this is where the whole new name in the temple comes from, no. right? Oh, it's not? Um, Fanny fact check? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Fanny, can you at all tie those together historically? Yeah, I think I pose an excellent question there, sister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. You ready? They decided to be called anti-Nephi-Lehi's. What? What? The bad guys who became good, now they want to be called the (laughs) anti-Nephi-Lehi's. This is written down in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the anti- I, I'm reading the story of it. This is the the actual scriptural account, but it, this is what it is. Yeah. Okay, ready? <laughs> he lost his creativity points just then. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The people who had been converted desired to become like Lehi and Nephi. They chose a name to reflect that righteous desire. 
dumbasses. Okay, <laughs> here comes some guilt. The Lamanites who had not been converted were very angry at all those who were converted to the teaching of the Nephites. They began to rebel against the king. They took up arms to destroy the king and the anti-Nephite Lehi's. The king died in the same year that the Lamanites began to make preparations for war against the people of God. But before he died, he conferred the kingdom upon one of his sons. Always the sons. You know what I think about the Lamanites at this point? Hmm. Lame. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, when Ammon and his brethren saw the preparations of the Lamanites to destroy the (laughs) anti-Nephi-Lehi's— Is this a Dr. Seuss book? I kind of feel like it. I, I feel like it. They came when to the, a noodle-eating poodle does a battle in a bottle. No, seriously, I feel like that's what's happening. Right. If any listeners want to send in a poem having to do with the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. Okay. They came to the land of Ishmael to talk to the new Lamanite king and to Lamoni, his brother, concerning what the anti-Nephi-Lehi should do to defend themselves against the Lamanites. I will not eat green eggs and ham. I will not eat them, Sam, I am. Oh, God. Okay. The king and none of the people who had been converted to the Lord would take up arms to fight against their brethren, the Lamanites. They would not even make preparations for war. They had repented of the murders they had committed in unrighteous wars, and they were afraid that if they took up arms to fight and kill again— they would again be stained with sin, and they might not be forgiven this time. I hate when they, sin stains you, like, you know, know, when you, like, spill yep. red wine on a white shirt. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. They decided to bury their weapons deep in the earth as a covenant to God that they would not kill again. Hmm. Okay, okay. so now I'm going to ask you questions. What <laughs> Is there could, a quiz? Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> thought-provoking bullshit. All right. Okay. What could happen to the anti-Nephi-Lehi's if they did not have weapons to defend themselves against attack, Mary? Well, they buried them. Yeah, they don't have them. So what's going to happen? I guess they're leaving themselves wide open like sitting fucking ducks. Mm -hmm. Oh, I guess a nine-year-old wouldn't say the F I mean, mine might. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair point. (laughs) Philip. Although he's eight. Okay. Next. Why did the anti-Nephi-Lehi's value their covenants more than their own lives? Because they were suckers. I mean, they're really obedient. Yeah, they're afraid of God. (laughs) They understood the eternal value of what they had gained and did not want to lose it. Mm -hmm. Okay, when someone makes a covenant, an action is usually performed as a token or sign of the covenant, such as shaking hands. What the fuck? This is temple shit. There you go. That's where the handshakes come from. We need Sister Fanny Fekchak on this. We do. How much of the stupid temple crap came from this passage? Okay. Mary, when you made your first covenants with Heavenly Father at age eight— now, why would you say that if maybe some kids didn't even get baptized? Because, like, their mom's gay and they're not allowed. Oh, true. Anyway, mm-hmm. what action did you perform as a sign of your commitment? Uh, it was a blood oath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Sure was. You were baptized. <laughs> oh, I was baptized. Get this kid out of here. She's stirring up trouble. <laughs> okay. Okay. When the Lamanites came into the land to destroy the king and his people, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's went out to meet them. The anti-Nephi-Lehi's prostrated themselves on the earth, which meant they bowed themselves very low, or they laid on the ground with their faces down. They then began to call on the name of the Lord, praising him. They were in this attitude when the Lamanites began to fall upon them and slay them with a sword. Without meeting any resistance, the Lamanites killed 1,005 of the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. It's a very specific number. Can you imagine? <laughs> I know. Right? How do they... One, two, three... All present and accounted for. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine telling the story like a nine-year-old Philip? Philip's eight coming up nine. Uh-huh. Talking about, so the people who were good guys are not going to fight back and the bad guys are going to kill them. 
<laughs> so we've, a really we've, positive we've story. really <laughs> divided people at this point. People who follow God, people who I are, love when I go to church and I hear about killings. It's yeah, fantastic. When you're nine. I love a good slaying story mm-hmm. at church. Yep. <laughs> okay, Mary, why were the anti-Nephi-Lehi's praising God and not afraid to die? Because they were suckers. I mean, they <laughs> felt like they had a bigger reward waiting for them in heaven or some exactly. stupid shit. Good, good answer. <laughs> when the Lamanites saw their brethren would not flee from the sword, but they would lie down and perish as they were praising God, they stopped slaying them. Many of the Lamanites felt sorrow and remorse for killing their brethren, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. They threw down their weapons of war, and they would not take them up again. They repented and joined with the people of God. The amount of people that joined God was more than the number who had been slain. Huh. So it's like, oh, so those 1,005 people were killed. That's okay, because 1,006 people joined God's side. Ah, <laughs> oh, bloody mess. Wow. So those Lamanites who did not join the anti-Nephi-Lehi's became even angrier because they had slain their brethren. They put the blame on the Nephites and swore vengeance upon them. The Lamanites took their armies and went to the Nephite lands. The Lamanites had many battles with the Nephites. When the Lamanites saw that they could not overpower the Nephites, they returned again to their own land. And after much suffering and loss, many of them joined the anti-Nephi-Lehi's because they began to believe in the Lord. They believed that he gave great power to the Nephites. Now, this is a part I want you to pay attention to a lot. Sure. But a hard-hearted group of people that lived among the Lamanites began to stir up the other Lamanites again in anger against the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. These hard-hearted people were apostate Nephites. Oh, apostates. The anti-Nephi-Lehi's again refused to take up arms, and they once again suffered themselves to be slain. Question, Mary. Uh Uh-huh. Apostates are people who have turned away from the truth. Can you imagine? You've heard all these stories of apostates. Now they're telling you that it's apostates who are killing the good guys. Okay. What if your dad or your mom, you're sitting as a child in church and your mom has left the church, Mm -hmm. no longer believes it. You are now being told that your mom is an apostate. Oh, yeah. You just turned away from the truth. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. What kind of nine-year-old kid needs to needs to have his heart broken if his his mom or dad woke up and left the lie of Mormonism, and now you're telling that kid, well, y- your mom's an apostate. It's a really dark. Yeah. Why message. Would you, why would you even? Why would you even do that? I don't know. But again, these anti-Lehi Nephites and the regular Nephite Lehi. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I just think it's sneeches. Again, a, a Dr. Seuss thing. Yeah, everything feels, is. This whole thing feels like really disgusting, evil Dr. Yep. Seuss stories. Yep, it is. And it's so gory and ugly uh-huh. and divisive. And it's I, like that whole favorite child thing. It yeah. really depicts God as an asshole. Oh, all the stories are favorite yeah. child stories, if you think about it. Yeah. If you're in the Book of Mormon, there's Nephi and then his brothers Laman and Lemuel, and they were the bad guys, and Nephi was the good guy. And, of course, the bad guys wanted to kill the good guy. Here's mm-hmm. another story of the apostates, the one who won't list, the ones who have turned against God are now so wicked that they want to kill the good guys. Right. And the good guys are like, we'll do whatever God says. Talk about putting division amongst people. Like, that's so— Fucked up. And it's not like the bad guys are bad guys because they're pedophiles or whatever. It just says because they don't, they've turned away from the truth. Mm-hmm. Meaning they actually saw the truth for what it was. <laughs> exactly. They actually found the truth. <laughs> they and found the truth. left the cult. All right. I'm going to skip over the last part because it's more of the same, but we're going to finish up with the activity. Okay. okay. Sure. I need to remind the children that the anti-Nephi-Lehi stayed firm in keeping their covenants. 
show the children the cup of ice again, explain that just as we would have to put water in a freezer to keep it firm, we also need to do certain things in order to stay firm in keeping our covenants. The anti-Nephi-Lehi's kept firm in keeping their covenants by deciding ahead of time what they would do if they were attacked. And they also figured out a solution to their difficult situation. In order to stay firm in keeping our covenants, we need to decide ahead of time how will we react to temptation. We need to figure out solutions to our challenging problems and situations. Show the children the small sealed Ziploc bag filled with the liquid ingredients. Explain to the children that the bag represents keeping covenants and its contents represent the covenants. Put the small bag into the big Ziploc bag. Remind the children that when they made covenants at baptism, one of the covenants they promised to keep was to obey the commandments. So now what we're going to do is remember those word strips? Mm-hmm. You're going to pull a word strip out. Okay, you ready? And uh-huh. you're going to read it. I'm going to read it because you can't see it. First one is about keeping the Sabbath day holy. Hey, Mary, a friend invites you to come to his birthday party, but the birthday party is on Sunday. What do you do? Oh, I fucking go to that thing. Hell hell yeah. Hell yeah, you do. (laughs) Hell yeah, Yeah. you do. Uh Uh-huh. But no, this says take a gift over and do something fun with that friend on another day. Oh, right. You're going to be that shitty kid. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what they're telling these kids they have to do to remain on God's side. Yeah, because God really gives a shit that you're going to an eight-year-old's birthday party or whatever yep. the fuck. Yep. So stupid. Your parents tell you to clean your room, but it's a big mess and it could be a difficult task. What do you do? Well, I guess you got to clean it, right? Yes. That's kind of a dumb one. <laughs> you you wash the dog instead. You wash the dog. Here's okay. one that I loved. A friend gives you an amazing shirt, but it doesn't have sleeves on it. <laughs> uh-uh. Mm. That's in there? Yes, it's right here. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, my God. You want me to read what this was? (laughs) Yes. Here's what the answer is. Put a shirt with sleeves under the immodest shirt or wear wear a shrug over the shirt. What the fuck's a shrug? Shrug? Is that like a a, shawl kind of thing? (laughs) Yeah. So here you are telling like these nine-year-old kids, um, your friend's giving you something very immodest. What should you do? Oh, I better cover my shoulders. You're like drilling this shit in because your options are being like the anti-Lehi Nephi's who were so righteous they would rather die than sin. And then the apostates who were trying to kill the super righteous people. So Mm -hmm. sleeves, sleeveless. (laughs) I'm going to look up shrug. I think it might be kind of like a vest with sleeves. Like it doesn't button up. Mm -hmm. You just put it over your shoulders. But it's got armholes for, well, there's sleeves there, I think. Ah. Sister Fanny, do you know anything about shrugs? (laughs) What a special story of murder, judgment, shaming That's for great. Sunday school, for kids. For kids. Kids Sunday school class. Yeah. There's a shit ton of word strips in there, all as ridiculous as the next. We're not going to go through them all for time's sake, but let's pretend we've done all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, after each commandment situation has been discussed or when the bag is half full of ice, so every time we answer a question, we put ice in the bag. Pour the rock salt into the ice and seal the bag. Shake or squeeze the bag for a minute. Explain that the action represents problems and temptations that are thrown at them. And give each of the children a turn to shake the bag. So in the bag is like Uh problems and temptations. After about five minutes of shaking the bag, check the ice cream. It should be the consistency of frozen yogurt. Give each child one large spoonful of ice cream. Ask the children what happened to the liquid because they added ice. It became a delicious frozen treat. Ask what the wonderful results would be of staying firm and keeping our covenants. We could gain eternal wow. life, which is the greatest of all God's this gifts. This is so brainwashing. Yep. There you go. You teach all these horrible and shameful lessons, and then to really drive it home, you reward them with some with a sweet treat. Yeah. 
And so brainwashing one on one, baby. So every time, maybe every time you have frozen yogurt after that, you remember mm-hmm. this lesson. You're reminded of, oh, I can't yeah. be like the Lamanites. I need to be like the anti Lehi. Yeah, and I Nehi's. need to judge my friends. Yeah, people for their who wrongdoings. I can see their shoulders, they need to be called out. Or I exactly. need new friends because they say fart or something. Yeah. Like, I know. Raising wow. judgmental assholes. The fact that that was like rewarded with a sweet treat at the end mm-hmm. was like, woo, triggery yep. for me. Holy really? crap. Yeah. Well, not from my past, but it just made me think, wow, yeah. that seems it's brainwashing. so brainwashing. But for some reason, people that are in the church don't view it as that. They don't look deep enough into it. Maybe they just don't understand psychology. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have seen anything wrong with it when I was in the church because I was hell-bent on my kids being perfect because I was brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid they weren't going to get into heaven with me. And it's just this huge cycle of brainwashing each other and then your children because you're so fucking scared that you're not going to be together in the celestial kingdom for eternity, which is fake. So, you know, <laughs> all this torment on these kids for something that's just a big truckload of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Oof. That's so bad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a special story You're welcome. we had today. Thanks Wasn't for great? story time. I, know, I feel I very uplifted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you think you did on the— uh, Anti-Nephi-Lehi definition. Well, of course, I at first got it wrong because I had not heard of it before. But I think I got most of the answers right during the pop quiz. You did. Answers (laughs) for nine-year-olds. Great. Great job. (laughs) I only feel slightly shamed. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my shoulders are showing right now, so there you go. I need to have you put a shirt on, please. Yeah, I'm going to go flog myself after this. (laughs) (laughs) Or go put on a a A, a shrug. shrug. A shrug. (laughs) God. By the way, speaking Does of— Does that mean shoulder rug? Shrug? <laughs> oh, maybe. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sounds attractive. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uplifting, uh, this has nothing to do with what we were talking about, but I was saying that I felt uplifted by that story. Sarcastically, I don't know if you all <laughs> listeners picked up on that. Mm-hmm. But remember that one bad review we got on Apple, I think, where somebody was like, don't listen to this podcast if you expect <laughs> you to be, be uplifted. uplifted. <laughs> well, maybe today that was true. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Sorry but, if everyone's sad and looking to repent. But, you know, maybe Bryce and uh, Sister Fanny Fact Check made up for all the um, the brainwashing and violence towards the end of true, the true episode. Story. I could tell a short Philip story. Oh, yeah, let's uh, let's go up on a high note. Um, I don't think I told this on the podcast yet. I know I told you, so this might, you might think that I did. But anyway, so Philip was over at the house the other day and he wanted a snack before bed. And I said, do you want apple slices? And he said, no. I said, why not apple slices? He said, the last time I had apple slices, I was reminded that I hate apple slices. (laughs) (laughs) That stands to reason. (laughs) Yes. Good old Philip. (laughs) Okay. We're going to see them tonight. Maybe he'll have some gem. Oh, surely he will have some some gems of of his life to share with us. We got to get that kid in front of one of our microphones someday and be like, dude, tell us about your day. Well, I got up and... No one had opened up the cereal I like, so I just sat down. I was just hungry. And- you know, he's going to be like that uh, frog on the Warner Brothers cartoons, where <laughs> it's like all this stuff in the background, mm-hmm. and as soon as the curtain rises or whatever, he's going to be like, yeah, either that or everything's fine. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard him say I've done, I'm doing pretty good. Really? No, that's a lie I have. But typically it's like... Oh, say the really sweet thing that he said to you when you were at King's Dominion. So the last time Brent and I took all the kids to King's Dominion was two weeks ago, I think. We didn't make it last week. But I hung out with Philip 
a lot of the time we went on rides together and things. Of course, he complained about the long lines and it being hot, and this wasn't the ice cream flavor. Out of my control, kid. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, But then as we were walking out of the park toward the car, we were just walking next to each other, and he put his arm around me. He goes, Mom, I think I must be the luckiest kid in the whole world because you're my mom. Aw. I know. That's so sweet. That Philly. So there you go. He can be Just when I want to give him away, he comes back at me (laughs) with something so sweet. Yeah, maybe hang on to him. Okay. Okay. He's a keeper. All righty. We should probably wrap this one up. Wrap it up. Okay. That's going to do it for today, everybody. Uh, I hope you learned something today from my lesson. I sure did. Little Miss Mary. Sister Johnson. <laughs> That's sure my mom. did. Oh, there you God. go. God. Well, what would you like me to call you? Well, I'll tell you what to call me. Oh, baby. okay. Mm-hmm. Want to go make out? Mm-hmm. All right. I like it. <laughs> We're going to go do that. Okay. And uh, get back to y'all next week. In the meantime, steer clear of cults because they are no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.